is an illicit radio program. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bizarre the Internet's favorite hard chat show according to me. And this is episode 16, sweet 16. Oh, how the time flies. We'll be 18 soon, we'll be leaving the house, having fights with our parents. Well, it's all good. Now, tonight's guest is, to some, Anthony Reid, but to many, he is Tony Sands. He's a man entrenched in the London horror scene and the UK horror scene in general. A uh, long time, I suppose, Twitter friend and internet friend, and I finally got the chance to chat with him, and I was eager at the opportunity when it arose. We've almost crossed paths a few times, IRL, that's in real life for you non-internet folks. But if you listen to this, you're probably pretty savvy. Now, a little bit of housekeeping, I guess, over the last two weeks. Been lots of eager listeners, again. So, a little shout-out to... Blue of Shoe, you know who you are, you've been eagerly listening, and in countries of descending order of how much you were loving the show, we have the United States, Japan of all places, someone was very busy there as well, shout out to Japan, we have the UK, Ireland, France, Canada, Iceland, Germany, Spain, Brazil and Australia, so that was the last two weeks cohort of people, thank you very much for listening it's been a pleasure entertaining you all the way from here and i'm just back from another trip so i've been quite busy as well just getting these out for you and if you are into folklore and horror and all little tales you might be interested in listening to the monster guys podcast they've guessed on here before but you might want to listen to their halloween in july series i'll be guesting on about four episodes there this upcoming month and they are great guys and it was great fun chatting with them about all the various topics i won't spoil anything here but without further ado sit back and relax and enjoy my chat with tony as we discuss his upcoming short echoes of the past that's p-a-s-s-e-d and more hope you enjoy Hello, Tony. Welcome to the bazaar. You're the newest customer in here. How are you this evening? Well, thanks for having me on, Richard. I'm good, man. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, we'll pretend as if we weren't talking for the last five minutes. But I ask this of everyone, and everyone's probably sick of this question. Tony, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about what you do? How much time have you got, Richard? How much time have I got? Can I just go on? Yeah, um, we, can, we can split it into two parts, three parts, depending. <laughs> put, put some commercials in there. Uh, my name's Tony Sands. I, uh, well, my, my background uh, is acting. I started out as an actor when I, was a, when I was a teenager. I was fortunate enough to do a couple of little things, and I, I was jobbing along for a little bit. Then I fell out of it, and now I've come back. I'm, um, I'm a writer now. I've got uh, a short film coming out soon, a short horror film called Echoes of the Past, which was directed by Scott Lias. That's in the very, very, very final stages of its post-production now. So that'll be heading out into the festival circuit, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wrote that and produced that with Scott, and I play a supporting role in it as well, even though I tried to get out of it. Yes, and we I saw host... that in the sneaky little uh, trailer that dropped there <laughs> recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good trailer, isn't it? He's put together a good trailer, Scott. It is, yeah. It's quite cool. Uh, yeah, and then I host I host a chat show called Hanging With, and I host a quiz show called What's the Bloody Question? And digging a little bit into the past, you've had a few TV roles. Do you want to explain away some of those? Oh, I'll, I'll explain them away. Or excuse, excuse them <laughs> away. I... Uh, I was really, I was really fortunate. I think I'd done, I, I'd pretty much done everything on the London circuit when I was younger. I like EastEnders, London's Burning, The Bill. Uh, the role I'm probably most, well, the role that was probably most prominent or most infamous for would be Moondial, which was a um, a kids show, a six part children's show that was 
well, it was a horror. It was it was dipping into horror there. We even got on points of view. We got, we got complaints and we appeared on points of view because <laughs> <laughs> it was too scary. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you the scary aspect of that one though? I think it might have been my acting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why it was only six parts? <laughs> yeah, six part. Fuck that dude. Get him off. Very good. my children. <laughs> so how did you get into the London circuit first day? What's your background before the acting? Um, well, my acting, because I, I, I was a babby. I was a babby when I started acting. So uh, I think it was, I was quite a shy kid. I was very introverted. Well, I don't know, introverted. I was very shy and not very confident. And acting was something that I always really enjoyed. And my mum and dad, they there was a an acting school in Islington called Anna Shears, uh, and they they signed me up for that. And you know, after a couple of years on the waiting list, because they had a huge waiting list on Anna's because it was such a great school. And after a couple of years, I got in and was there training. And then they started putting me up for jobs, and that was it really. And it was like living the dream, man. It was it was very cool. I loved I loved acting. It was. I mean, there's a, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of crazy people in the industry, as I'm sure you're discovering and and know. But uh, the the acting itself for me, it, it was a lot of fun, and I loved it while it was happening. Right. And Moondog was a fantastic experience. I mean, that was like Jesus, man. That was like my third ever audition, and all of a sudden I was making this TV series for the BBC and meeting this famous author, Helen Creswell, and it, yeah, it was very very cool. I was very lucky. I was very very fortunate. So you're saying love there now as it's all in the past tense, but you are in echoes of the past. I I so am. You're still kind of just keeping it a bit I... lit, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what it was, when I wrote Echoes of the Past originally, three of the roles I'd written with people in mind, um, an actor called Paul Dudney, who I'd met a couple of times. He worked on another film that I scripted called The Bench, which is a uh, a romantic dramedy type film. And uh, that's a feature. And that's doing the festival circuit at the moment. And so he was he, he played a he played a cameo in that. And I met him there. And he, he's a fine actor, good actor. And another actor that I worked with called Mac McFadden, who's a stand-up comedian, really cool guy. And I'd written them to, so when I started writing Echoes of the Past, when I had the idea for Echoes of the Past, I started writing it. So I wrote a role, role with Paul in mind. I wrote a role with Mac in mind. And when I was writing another role, I was thinking, well, let's just, let's just put me in there and we'll get rid of me later. I'll give it to somebody else. <laughs> but you're all and over I, that trailer, yeah, as you said. <laughs> I, I know. And I put me in, I put myself in there and then I wrote um, the other role, which is female character. And I didn't really have anyone in mind for that. And uh, yeah. And then when it came, when I got chatting with Scott about what we were going about making the film, we were talking about the casting and, and um, Scott said to me, no, you've got to be in it. And I was like, no, Scott, you can put really, you can put somebody else in there. I'm really cool with taking a step back. But hey, look, I, I ended up being in it. And it was, a, it was a great shoot. It was, it was a lot of fun shooting it. <laughs> no, it looks very good. But who is that actress? She's, is she American or no? Sophie Turge. She's French. Jesus, fair play. Yeah, I know. Looks she's French. Range. She speaks about three languages and she's got an American accent. One of she's those a very good actress. Is American, is it? <laughs> It's a great, yeah, it's a great, she's got a great accent. She, um, Sophie appeared in um, a couple of other Scots, a couple of Scots other films. She did um, Silently Within Your Shadow. I don't know if you've seen that. That's a very good film. On Amazon Prime, ladies and gentlemen. So check out Scott's film on Amazon Prime, Silently Within Your Shadow. That's a good short film. She was in that. And she did um, another short with him called Hanging On, I think. And uh, yeah, she's good. She's a really nice, really nice girl as well. She's a good actress. And I think, I mean, like one one of the great things about Echoes, and probably the most embarrassing thing for me is they're fucking good actors. They're really good. I mean, Sophie and Paul and Mac, they're they're absolutely outstanding. And it, it's, you know, I think we really really um, struck lucky with the cast. I'm not going to talk about myself. Obviously, I'm marvelous. I'm marvelous. <laughs> but uh, they, they, Paul and Sophie and Mac, they are absolutely outstanding. And I I, I think when when people see the film, I think they'll they'll agree. Uh, I'll be I'll be devastated. I'll be so gutted if they don't get recognised for their acting. And I, 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 they really really are outstanding. I've known Mac for a, a few years. I've known Mac for quite a few years, and he's a really great comic poet. And then he did. I, I shot a film with him called The Clean Up a few years ago. And then I, uh, like I said, he was in The Bench, which I scripted. And then he was and I wanted him for Echoes. And when Scott saw um, some footage of him, he said, No, no, we'll get him in. And um, I think. I thought Mac was a good actor, but watching him in, in Echoes, I think he's it's his best performance yet. And and I think it's the same for Sophie. Sophie's a very good actress, and I think this is the best work she's done. I, I, 
I'm really, really happy with the film overall. The, the acting is superb, and then Scott's done a fantastic job of directing, and and then the production, everything about the film. It, it's just I couldn't I couldn't be happier with what we've got from it. That's good. No, because I feel to an extent because obviously we we've been interacting on Twitter probably for yeah the better part of two years, and finally we're getting to chat. So. I know. For the audience that's listening, this is pretty much just a candid conversation uh, as much as <laughs> we can get. But I, I still need to ask some hard questions. Oh man, you go, you go as hard as you can, Richard. <laughs> what was it like your first time? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> first I'm time in front of the camera, blind, but... Tony. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> no, I was just going to say that. Um, I've been kind of on the outside looking in of this little circle because I've seen Scott and yourself and, you know, yeah. you have Ivan and there's a nice little circle there going on in pretty much London. And I've had a few people actually get on to me thinking I was living and working in London, being like, oh, can you come to this premiere? Because I know I reached out to you for a few here, lads. Someone's got yeah. on to me. Can you make it for this premiere, this and the next, which is quite interesting. But how do you find these people in London? Is it really that booming for sort of indie scene right now um how did i come across people i um when i started well first i started writing for um for uk horror scene uh, with andy dean yeah i started i started i started writing um reviews for uk horror scene with andy dean the the website that andy dean runs i've had andy on the show he's a good man man you're breaking up a little bit here i don't know what's going on am i jesus it's uh, I can try and read your lips if it all goes off. <laughs> Start putting up like little cue cards. Yeah, like, like yeah, like the scene from Love Actually. Yeah. Uh, and I'll change I, the quality now. Just. I'm trying. Yeah. So if I start answering the wrong questions, it's because I've misheard you completely. Uh-huh. You might just have to dub it in later. Um, I yeah no, but the London scene though. Yeah, I was doing the UK horror scene. Then I started doing Hanging with, and when I started doing Hanging with. I got in, you know, had a few people lined up, a few people that, that Andy put my way. And then I came across Chris Niles, who runs London Horror Society. And I got in touch with him. I said, do you know anybody that would be up for, for a chat? Anybody that's interesting and fun to talk to? And we, uh, Chris actually came on the show. Nice bloke, Chris. Chris Niles, I don't know if you've spoken to him or interacted with Chris. Lovely bloke. Check out London Horror Society. He does a lot of good work. Through him, I got chatting to a couple of other people, got chatting to Scott. That's how I met Scott through London Horror Society. And then, you know, you go to a few events and you you find that the network, the, you know, there's a lot of people that are shits as well. Don't get me wrong. You do get the shits within the industry, but there's a lot of really, really good people and a lot of really, really nice people. And you find that it's like that birds of a feather thing, isn't it? They all, the, the good tend to mix with the good. And, you know, so it's through Chris and through through others, through the interviews as well. You get chatting to people and then you go to events and you start meeting more and more people. And um, so I found that the, the the London network I found is quite, is pretty cool. I'm, I've been quite fortunate. I tend to stay away. You know, if somebody doesn't want to talk to you, that's fine. Or if somebody wants to be a bit of a, a, a knob, then let them be a knob. <laughs> Just leave them be. Uh, so no, I've, 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 I've been quite fortunate. I've, I've, I've tended to, I've, I've been very fortunate in that I've met quite a lot of cool people and nice people and very, very talented people as well. Um, and I know you've chatted to some of them. I have. Um, Jane, on your put show. Me in touch with uh, David Chaudoir. He was a. Yes. He was actually the first person I recorded with when I was setting up the show, ladies and gentlemen. Despite him being on the third episode, uh, <laughs> anyone who's listened back that far, new listeners, it was uh, quite the roller coaster trying to get that episode out, but we got it out in the end. So thank you, Tony, for the introduction. <laughs> it's more than welcome, man. David. I mean, David's a fascinating guy. He's an intelligent chap, and. Um, I think David is probably far more talented than he realizes. He, he's very, very good graphic eyes, but he, he is an incredible writer and a very, very good director. Have you seen his films? I have. I've watched Bad Acid and I've watched Adonis and Aphrodite. They're great, and aren't they? They're very, I love it. very good. I really yeah. liked the Adonis and Aphrodite one. That is superb. Yeah, yeah that very, is superb. I mean, Bad, Bad Acid is a great film. I, I, but Adonis and Aphrodite, I think it's just such a brave thing to do. A, a monologue, a 10 minute monologue. Yeah. It was and very he just good. pulls very, it off. So superb. She's a great, great acting. And um, he's, he's fantastic. He's a really good writer, David. Look, I'm I've, glad. I've, yes. I'm glad he had the vision to actually give her more than like two seconds in Bad Acid to actually yeah. <laughs> come up with I think he just came up with a monologue just for her didn't yeah. he yeah he did yeah yeah no, it he was did. quite good 
And this episode is brought to you by David Shodwar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget this, David. Yeah. I'm out there giving you... I've, I mean, I've been fortunate. I've actually read some of his other scripts that he's been working on. And they are... They, I mean, they've got to be made. He, he's very, very good. He's very good. And that's not to say there's not other talent there. There's, there's a lot of great talent out there. But um, yeah, David... Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting chat, David. He is, but we're talking <laughs> with Tony now. Yeah, let's talk about me. What are we talking about? What are these other people for, for heaven's sake? Let's talk about how brilliant I am. I know, exactly. So <laughs> we'll say you're on front of the camera for a number of years. What made you transition to writing down for the transition for other people Ooh, on front of the camera? Good question. I, I kind of fell out of anything to do with acting or writing for, for a long time. Because I thought, you know, kind of felt that was it, you know, for whatever reason. I had a, you know, I won't go into it, but I kind of it ended, and I thought that's it. It's not for me. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Destiny, God, whatever they're trying to tell me, you're not good enough. Move on. Fuck off out of acting. Fuck off out of the industry. And I thought, oh, maybe that's, you know, maybe I just need to go and forget about it and be grateful for what happened. And I was. I mean, like I said, I felt very fortunate. I'd done far more than a lot of people will ever do, and you know, I was, I was. You've got to count your blessings. So I kind of fell out of it and I was kind of doing little bits of writing here, there, and but not really doing it. And but not really well, not writing for any purpose, not not any specific purpose. And then um a guy called Charles Ravel, who is a he he was married to Anna Shear actually, and he used to do a lot of te- he used to do a lot of the teaching at Anna Shear Theatre. A fantastic drama teacher, really, really good acting coach. Um he's written books on on in the field and all that he's he's a and he's a lovely bloke as well and i i seen him a few times and he said to me have you ever he said to me have you ever thought of writing i'm like mm, mm. he's going you should you should write so i thought okay so i ended up i thought i'll go off and i'll write i'll write a one-man play being the egotist that i am what, what, I'm an actor. <laughs> all right fucking i'll write a show for me um and i wrote something I wrote a couple of things and I've never I've never put them out. I actually lost one of them. But um, I wrote one and then I was looking at it and thinking, well, this is actually pretty good. And then I started thinking, I have to fucking remember all those lines. <laughs> I know I've written it. So I never really, never really pushed it because I thought that's a bit of a fucking challenge. Remembering a couple of lines is hard work. Um, but remembering all, the, all that, like 30 pages was something, oh no, so that didn't, that didn't happen. Um, and then a little while after that, so I had kind of had the taste for writing. I was kind of thinking, let's do something and, so it was always sitting there, and then a couple of years ago, we we put together a script. Um, we we shot a film called The Clean Up. Well, it's about three years ago now. Shot a film called The Clean Up two two summers ago. We shot The Clean Up, and then we shot uh, then an Irish director called Mary Mullen. She shot um, The Bench, uh, and then I got chatting to Scott, and we we did, did our interview on Hanging With, and I was talking to him about Echoes of the Past which was then at the time it was called The Haunting or The Haunted. I think it was called The Haunted at the time. And that was a very personal piece. It was a script that I, you know, um, and I'm not, I mean, all, all joking aside, I, I, it is a script that was very personal to me. It's something that meant a lot to me. And it was a story that um, I wanted to be told. But I had, obviously you want it told, you want it told, but then it's nice to be told in the right way. And I showed him the scripts and he got back to me and he said, oh, let's, let's have a meet. So I met up with him. Me and Ivan met up. Ivan Troop, who is a producer on Hanging With, we met up with him, and and he said, oh, "I'm up for it." So we ended up, you know, we talked about it. We went through script through a few through a few changes, but not really, you know, like taking bits out, uh, like mostly my lines taken out, or, or saying, "No, no, no, give me more lines. Let's take out theirs. Let's maybe make me a bit more central to it." Uh, but he changed a few times, and it, it 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 evolved into into what it is, and. Um, yeah, and I've got, I'm working. I'm, I've got a couple of other scripts. I've gone back to a feature script that I wrote a couple of years about. I had a go writing about three years ago. I've gone back. Well, actually, even longer than that. But anyway, however many years ago, I've gone back to that now, and I've started rewriting that, um, which I'm pretty happy with. Apart from the final third, I just have to tidy up the the last third of it. And I've got a comedy short that I've just written that will go over a few drafts of that for the director, who's um, interested in it, who wants to do it, and then it'll be a matter of money really which is always the problem isn't it the money yes but yeah but the great thing with writing is that i can be still be an actor but i don't have to remember dialogue (laughs) i don't have to get i don't have to get up and go to set i can just do all my do all my writing do all the voices in my head while i'm writing and and i can still be an actor but i just don't have to to sit in front of a camera and have the makeup baby pad on my nose and make me look pretty yeah exactly so in that little the dark ages we'll call it 
what were you doing <laughs> to fill in your time before you kind of got back on the saddle? I ended up working in special needs. I, went, I was working in special needs school for a few years and um, with, with adults with profound and multiple learning disabilities. So uh, kids with, sorry, kids with physical disabilities and kids with uh, severe learning disabilities. And um, I did that for, I did that for a long time. And I, I got to say, I did love that actually. I really, I really quite enjoyed it. I felt like I'd found something else that I was quite decent at. Uh, it's hard work and it's strenuous. I, the people who do it are incredible. The ones who do it well, anyway, they they're really incredible. But and like from that, I from working there, I was working in the post sixteen unit there, and uh, I set up, I ended up setting up a charity called Step, which you can find stepfootball.co.uk. You can go and visit that. Yeah, we'll have um, it all in the show notes after. If yeah, please want do. To check yeah, that out and hopefully contribute. Yeah, and basically that was set up for adults with learning disabilities. Um, I mean, we run football training sessions, we run competitions occasionally. Um, and that's men and women aged 16 and over with, with learning disabilities. And we've been running since 2004. Uh, so we've been running a little while now. That's good. That's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, did fucking long time. Did you set it up since that long? I had hair when we started, yeah. <laughs> it was like it's all gone now. I had a nice head of hair. Well, geez, I but don't yeah, know. Can I'm... you see the top of my head? It's uh, I'm following the same path. <laughs> hey, hey, man, the way I see it, that's the in thing now, right? I mean, Telly Savala started, or oh, you're Brina. I'm just following their path. It was... <laughs> I'm following the trend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just it's the in thing. It's the in thing. All the guys are doing it. It's the out um... thing, the falling out <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, that, but that charity, yeah, 2000, January 2004 was when we first started and we're still running, we're still going strong. That's great. So is that kind of what takes up your spare time still? That takes up every Sunday. I'll be down there running, um, working in training sessions, yeah, Sunday afternoons. Oh, great. We run training sessions and then uh, now and again, like I said, now and again we'll have a competition. We used to run a league for North London, but that was getting very, very expensive and it was very, very time consuming. As much as we loved it, it was it, it was a bit much because we don't get paid for it. It's all It's all voluntary. Yeah. Um, we raise our own, you know, we get donations now and again that we put in for. Did a charity walk last year. Um, tried, well, tried to do a charity walk. A, a friend of uh, one of the coaches, Mike Sheehy, and I, we, we started. <laughs> the challenge was to walk from London to Brighton in 24 hours. And London we got to, to Gatwick. Brighton, Brighton is uh, a long way away. It's a fucking long way away. And it's up fucking hill a lot of the time. Yeah. The no. downs, man. I, I, to, I broke. I, I fractured both my big toes. Jesus, how do you manage that? Were you kicking people I'm, along the route? Kicking, kicking lots of tree roots is what my problem was. I'm really good. Apparently, I'm really good at stubbing my feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new talent I discovered on the walk. I'm really fucking good at stubbing. To the point, I broke two toes, lost both toenails. It was fucking Jesus. awful. <laughs> That's a real horror for a horror. Yeah, podcast. but we got. But we made. I think we got. Um, we got over halfway there. I think. Did we do 36 miles? I think we walked in the end in 12, 12 and a half hours. We walked 36 miles. That's longer than but that. I, I have to go down to Brighton now in to a few Brighton, weeks. To Brighton in total, Brighton's 60 miles, I think. Is it? From London? Yeah, from, yeah well, from where we were, Richmond. You walked from Richmond. It was about 60-odd miles, I think. It's Jesus. 100K. Sorry, it's 100 kilometers I'm anyway. thinking of Plymouth, which is so far Plymouth away. is further, yeah. No, I'm not fucking walking there, dude. I wouldn't even try that one. No, you see, I, I'm off to Plymouth <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time at work, and... I was going to go there in January. Remember when I was on to you and yes. I was in London? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll go down to Plymouth. But I didn't. I couldn't rent a car at the time because I had lost my license. So I was like, oh, God, Plymouth's too far away. But I have to end up there now <laughs> in the next when you, when you say When you say lost your license, do you mean you misplaced your license or you had it Sorry, taken away yes, from you temporarily? Sorry, to clarify, audience, I lost my license physically. <laughs> and I had to reapply to get a replacement. <laughs> I'm not a reckless driver. I didn't get taken <laughs> off the road. That would have made for a better story, though, wouldn't it? A more interesting story. Thank God you pulled me up on that, actually. There'd be a lot of yeah, listeners yeah. thinking I was a fucking yeah. deviant on the road. Yeah, fucking lost his license. We won't be listening to him again. <laughs> oh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> the shame. The shame. For shame. <laughs> God. <sighs> So, but I'm glad we cleared all that out. That's, I know, that's yeah. nice. Now people can relax again. Everybody can sit back down in their chairs. Yeah, exactly. I suppose this will be coming out next Thursday at the time of recording. Will that be into July yet? I don't think so. I haven't got a clue. No, uh, no. No, it'll no. be the 29th. The 29th. Just about. We're just about clinging on to June by the time this is up. We are, yeah. Half the year over. Where the fuck is it all going, eh? 
scary dude very scary it goes way too quick it does. way too quick although yeah. i'm just waiting for the summer now so i'm actually wishing my days away yeah so i want to get to the summer do you have any anything nice lined up for yourself any oh, man. trips away i don't i've got there's a few things going on might be might be moving so i don't know if that's nice that's a bit stressful at the moment so we won't bore you with that um echoes of the past like i said we've got a screening um, we'll, we should have a cast and crew screening of that soon that's good. So that's the that's the nice exciting thing. So I'm not I've, I've seen a cut, but I've not seen the final cut. Scott just keeps sending me messages telling me we're a little bit closer. Just teasing yeah. me, you fuck Elias. Yeah, um, <laughs> fucking great talented bloke, but he's a tease. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got yeah, but that should be coming up soon. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Even today, actually, like even today, like getting like let's go back to Scott Lyas, the bastard, lovely fucking chap, talented fucking filmmaker, writer. Shout out to Scott, today, you fucking prick. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Scott, you bastard. He's came to me today about um, oh, I've got like I've got I've got the titles and all that sorted out. They're looking really good. Yeah, share them, Scott. <laughs> share. No, I haven't no, talked to no, Scott. I can't give out to Scott. I'm gonna have to have him on at some stage, and uh, <laughs> he can give out about you, and then I can be a moderator yeah. for the great debate. <laughs> Scott Scott's a really great guy. No, I don't I mean in, Scott is a fucking great guy and um like I mentioned earlier Echoes was a really personal story to me. It was a really personal script. Um and when I've talked to him about all, it, the personal aspect or do you want to Yeah, no just rest? it was just it was at, when I wrote it I was going through a really bad time and or I wasn't going through it wasn't like oh man like the world's falling down around my shoulders and shit. It was just it was a couple of things that had happened and it, it was do you know when shit happens and it's just really frustrating because you can't do anything to change it you know yes so um and it's always good to talk to people if you're going through a bad time find someone to talk to find a shoulder to cry on there's nothing wrong with crying but basically echoes was my way of talking i just sat down and i thought i want to write i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this out of my system and i sat down and i wrote echoes of the past or what became echoes of the past um and it, it made me feel a lot better actually but it was basically I, it's very very character based and um, when Scott came on, when we got chatting about it and Scott was talking about it, he completely got what I was trying to do. He completely understood the characters and he completely understood the ending and what had happened. And um, so when he was talking about it, like, I thought, yeah, this is the guy. This is the guy. And I'd seen silently. I'd seen a couple of his other films. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because Scott will be listening. Scott is a fucking talented bloke. He really is. He's a talented director. He's a very, very good writer. And he's a nice guy as well. Um, we got on, we get on really well. We we, we got became friends very quickly, and um, so yeah. And we and every time he came on, every idea he had for Echoes was a good idea. Everything he said, maybe we should take this out. Maybe we should change this. It was all always a solid reason. There was always a really good reason for it. And it wasn't because um, we just need to make the film shorter. It's because we need to make the film better. And um, he really did. He, he really succeeded in that. I think. I think he's made a really really good film. I'm, I'm I, I couldn't be happier. With, with what he's done. And I haven't even seen the complete version yet. The, the cut I saw, I was really pleased with. And now that, you know, they've had, since then they've added music and they've, they've done the sound and yeah. I, yeah. So as, as much of a tease as he is, <laughs> he's fucking good. He's talented as well. So you can just about get away with it. That's great. <laughs> and what's the plan for the movie? Do you just want, like, is it something that you just need to get made and out there or do you plan it, on distributing it or well the the, the next stage will be festivals hopefully we can get into a few festivals i i i think it's good enough i think it's more than good enough uh it's just a matter of being accepted really i know scott scott's got a plan scott has a grand plan so i i i'm, I'm leaving scott to the plan he knows what he's talking about he's got his head screwed on so that's good going. Yeah, because yeah. you just had missed out on Triple Six Fest. Did you find your way to that yeah. in the end? Or? I went there, yeah, I did. Yeah, that was a good Last one. I think we spoke about it, didn't we? Yeah, and I was, I, I got up there. That was, and the trailer played at Triple Six, actually. Mm. We had our trailer play at Triple Six. That was the debut. So that was good. Get to see it on the big screen. Oh, I haven't yeah. been on the big screen since the 90s. <laughs> so that was quite nice. Um, <laughs> um yeah, but that was really good. That was really good. Triple Six was amazing, man. Triple Six was uh, Richard. It's such a shame you couldn't get there. Oh, it was. Um, it just very, came at a bad time. Yeah, look, I don't want to rub it in <laughs> because you know I'm not like that. But uh, it was it was a really cool festival. They they had some really good films on there, and uh, and Andy and and Chris who run it 
they're nice. You know, Chris Barnes and Andy Dean, they're really good, really nice blokes. Oh, they're great, yeah. They are fantastic blokes, and they they put on a they put on a really good festival. They, it was it was really nice, and there's a few people I knew up there. Met a few new people. Got to meet Richard Stanley. Oh yeah. I was actually very jealous of that when Andy was like, oh, I'm in the fucking taxi cab and we're going for pints. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> the first night, right? The first, I got up there on the Saturday afternoon and so I missed the first couple of films. And um, that night we all went out. There's a few of us went out. They were all, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not like party paint the town red anymore. I don't think I ever was to be honest. So like about two o'clock in the morning, they were all, they're all fucking off. Everybody else was like, oh, let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. And I said, oh, I think I'm going to go back to the hotel. And Chris Niles, who was up there, he said, oh, um, I think Richard Stanley's going to head back as well. So I said, I'll walk back with Richard because we're all staying at the same place. Not in the same room, all, all at the same hotel. We all had different rooms, just to clarify. So nobody's thinking it was big, some fucking Caligula type thing going on. Yeah, we, uh... I don't judge here. <laughs> Only the audience can judge. <laughs> It was 17 of us and a cow. Fucking incredible. <laughs> and David Short where I was filming for his next film. <laughs> it was a blue movie. <laughs> with, a, with a narration. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was a fantastic night. Never forget it. Um, anyway, you'll be seeing that coming out soon. That's completely different kind of horror. But anyway, so I, I said, yeah, I'll walk back to Richard. I'll walk. And I'm knackered, man. I'm thinking, and I, in my head, I'm thinking, I'll get back to the hotel. It's two o'clock in the morning. I watched Doctor Who and catch up. I watched the FA Cup final because I missed that because Arsenal won the FA Cup and I'm an Arsenal fan. So I thought, I'll go back. I'll watch everything. So I'm walking back with um, with Richard Stanley and we're chatting and he's, a, he's an interesting bloke, really interesting fella. And uh, got back to the hotel. It's like 20 past two. So we're all half two. We're still chatting. He's having his cigarette and we're chatting. And he finished his cigarette. And I thought, oh, great, we'll go in. And it, not because he was boring, but I, I'm just knackered. He pulled out um, a big joint. I, we we stood out <laughs> we stood outside that hotel chatting. I got into my room at half past three. <laughs> That's good. Did you have the yeah, recorder ready cool. for hanging with? <laughs> oh man, you know what? I I've been saying to him, Richard, you got to come to London, dude. You got to come to London. I'll do. A, I'll get a fucking audience in for you. Yeah, he sure. is. He is. Um, he's a fucking fascinating bloke. He's a fascinating bloke. We'll get you over there. We'll get. I, I just want to do a big Q and A with Richard Stanley. Because he 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 is so interesting. I mean, like he he's out there, man. You know, he's out there and he knows he's out there. But he is such a talented bloke and he's such an interesting guy. I mean, he lives he lives at the fo- foot of a castle in the Pyrenees for fuck's sake. You know, that's where he lives now. He's got his house at the foot of a castle in the Pyrenees, that's an hour baller. and a half from civilization. He's balling. He's he's the man. And then like the next night, um, the Sunday night, uh, we were in the lobby of the hotel and. Scott Scott Lias was up there again, and Scott and I were chatting to him for about an hour and a half that night as well. He, he was brilliant. That's Richard Stanley, brilliant guy, brilliant yeah. guy. This is like the shout out special with Tony. <laughs> yes, but you really don't want to. You really don't want to be chatting to him late at night if you want to go to bed because the guy you can't stop, and you don't want to stop listening to him because he's always got all these stories to tell. Yeah, so it's not like he's boring like, you. He is fucking fascinating. Eyes wide open. You're like. <gasps> Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, you're just thinking I'm gonna go, and then he starts talking about something else. Yeah, sweet honey and milk in your ear being poured in. You're like, what did you say, Stan Richard? What did you say? Tell me more. Tell me more about that. You what? You what? He's a fascinating bloke. Fascinating bloke. But triple six was amazing. Next year, next year, dude, you got to go to the triple six next year. Definitely. I hope Andy and Chris have the stamina to set up another one. Yeah, no, I think I think they're. Um, I, it was a success as far as I know. This one, I, I know the AMC wants to do it again. Yeah, no, for and, um, to Andy, like, because he's been doing double features and everything out man. That's right, the yeah. AMC, and yeah. I think he's, I don't know, on good speaking terms with the. Yeah, the, they get on really well. The guy, the guy who runs it is a really nice bloke. The, the manager of the AMC, he, he's a good bloke, and he's really into his films, you know. So um, he's in the right job, then, isn't he? Being yeah. Into films and really, and in the cinema, it helps. <laughs> But he's um yeah he's up for doing it again and I think he enjoys all those all those things and I think Richard Stanley wants to come back as well so you might you might get your chance to meet him That's good, he's yeah. back next year he's like the two dicks yeah Dick and Dick yeah <laughs> so there's a cop show in there isn't there or some yeah, yeah. kind of thing oh Jesus this is deviating now <laughs> <laughs> so... or maybe it's a late night channel four who knows I don't know. <laughs> So this is the Channel Four podcast, late night. No, it's not. That's dick not. and Dick. <laughs> Another David Shodrow special. Yeah. Oh, we're rapping on him a bit too hard. He can't defend himself. 
<laughs> no, to... David knows. Uh, David knows I like him. I've got a lot of time for David. We'll He's have, all right. He's a we'll good have guy. We'll get a phone a friend in. We'll get him in to join. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's online now. He might be. So... Who knows? <laughs> so he's just... probably listening in. <laughs> As we talk, before it's even released, he's exactly. listening in. So just rain it back, rain it back, right? Horror is the kind of come together for everyone, uh, myself yeah. and yourself. What is your earliest horror memory? Kind of what got you into the genre or what was kind of the kickstarter for your love affair with horror? Uh, very good question, Richard. Very good question. Very serious again. We've gone back to being serious. Uh, gone back to being a host. <laughs> Yeah, what I, for, I forgot Please. this is actually meant to be a show yeah. that we're recording now. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, me too. Okay, like, so horror. I think, well, I've always, always loved film. Always. From where, as far back as I can rem- remember, I loved TV. I loved films. I loved Mission Impossible. I loved Doctor Who. I used to love, you know, watching them on, uh, on BBC Two. And I loved film. And I think the horror films, you can... Probably the only old universal ones. I think the, the most without babbling on which i obviously don't do the the most away, the biggest though. one i remember yeah <laughs> the biggest one i remember is the omen that was the first one that really kind of stuck in my head i think the omen uh with david warner and and gregory peck oh, phenomenal billy white law it's a phenomenal film patrick trout and even now you look back at the cast and you fuck me what a cast they had such an amazing cast for that that one i think was the was a, a huge one for me an alien was a huge film as well. Um, so I think memories wise, they're, they're the two that really kind of that stick in my head. Um, and I think, yeah, so I, I've, I mean, I just love everything. If, it, if it's a good film, it's a good film, but those, I think horror, when horror is done right, it's fantastic. It's an amazing genre, isn't it? When it, when you get it nailed on, oh, it's, it's nothing. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely outstanding. And for me anyway, I think alien is probably one of the most, one of the greatest horror films ever made, isn't it? Alien mm. uh, and the Omen. I don't know. People kind of will take take it or leave it, but for me, I love that film. Yeah, the Omen. I remember when they did the remake in two thousand and six. Yeah, and the reason I remember it so clearly is because it was released on the sixth of the sixth zero six. So six six six. Clever. And I, my uncle at the time, was living in Portugal, so we were over on holidays. And we decided that we'd watch it on the day it was released, right? And at six minutes past six, on the sixth of the six zero six, I was like, mm, "I'm going to do something to remember today." So I, I said, "I'd jump into the pool at six seconds past the sixth minute of the sixth hour <laughs> of the sixth day of the sixth month of the two thousand and sixth year," and I jumped in the fucking pool, and what was in my pocket? Only my phone. Oh, <laughs> and it, it fried my fucking phone. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, the devil, he lives among I was, us. <laughs> I was going to say, the devil <laughs> fucked you over, man. He was waiting. I he was whispered tempting. in your ear. I was he tempting. whispered in your ear. Fucked you up. Oh, that man. was a shit film, wasn't it, the remake? I didn't like the remake. Yeah, well, I, oh, Jesus. Like, I'm a young fellow, so I was young at the time. Fucking hell. How young was I? Probably 14, 15, watching that. Uh, I so, didn't like it. I, I like Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber is a very good actor, but that was that was a terrible film. Yeah, well, it was like scene for scene, like redone. Yeah, and... it just I'll never get it. Why? And like, you know, it's like when they go back and they remake these films, you know, like, that were basically a horror franchise. I don't understand why would you go back and remake it when you've already got a background story? You've already got a backstory. You've got all the history there, so you could just live off that history. But okay, go and right. remake it. And then... on, on that point, right? Yeah, they have a Spider-Man Homecoming coming out, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm saying, Jesus fucking Christ, it is the third Spider-Man reboot I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. But then, when you think about it, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out 17 years ago. Like, that's a fucking that long, long time. Yeah, it was like 2000, 2001 or something. Oh. And I was like, that's a generation. Like, there's two generations there, you know? So it's like the next generation Spider-Man introducing. It's just the old farts like yourselves just being like, <laughs> oh, fuck another movie. Because the the example I like to use is John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. Yes, yes. And they had The Thing from Another World in the 50s, which was the original. Mm. So then nearly 30 years later, they had the 2011 prequel reboot remake. Yeah. They weren't quite sure what they were doing with yeah, that, were that, they? That was 30 years again, but people were like, oh, too soon, ruining it. Why are you remaking it? But that's the second remake 
slash reboot slash prequel. So, is it like yeah. the longer you're alive I'm... that you're giving out, or? <laughs> well, we've always had remakes. I mean, like, uh, is it the front page? They re- they 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 remade that into the eighties. That was made remade about five times, I think. I think. Um, the last one was Christopher Reeve before my time I don't know what the fuck the front page is yeah the front page there was one called Switching Channels with Burt Reynolds and Christopher Reeve was in it okay and I think I can't remember the actress but that was that was that was a remake of a remake of a remake it was like done loads and loads of times yeah Um, but the Spider-Man yeah I don't I don't know the Spider-Mans the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans were good weren't they up to three and when they <laughs> then they remade it, and that was only about five years after the third one, I think they rebooted it. Yeah, and yeah. that wasn't that wasn't very good. The Amazing Spider-Man was. Yeah, shocking. they weren't. They they were poor, weren't they? Those two were poor. But I've got to say, this one actually looks quite good, doesn't it? Homecoming. It does, but the trailers have like ruined it. Like yeah, because they pretty much shown you the whole film. But there was like this scene, and it got ruined. Spoilers ahead for anyone who's been avoiding for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Probably skip ahead a couple of seconds, but. When he's fucking holding that ship that's like split in half with yes. like webs or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? And it's like building suspense. Then they release yeah. the second trailer, and fucking Iron Man comes in and saves the day. So it's like the suspense is blown. You know what's happening, and you're like, fucking hell! Like who is in the marketing department that's shoveling this out and ruining the movie? Like I really feel trailers these days. I've said it before on the show. If it goes past trailer two, it's being fucking ruined. It's like as if people need to know what they're watching yeah, before they yeah. go into you, the movie. And it's like And you get about three or four blind. trailers. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Like the last Blade Runner trailer I'm gonna watch is the one that just came out. And after that now they're gonna literally fucking release like Harrison Ford Deckard is actually a fucking clone. He's not a replicant, yeah. it's not the original and he's been trying to catch Ryan Gosling and and it's like fucking hell. I just need it I needed to just go in deep breath get my popcorn and just enjoy the movie i hate traders sorry that's blade... my rant no 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 no. Well, i was gonna I, I like i mean blade runner i'm looking forward to blade runner i just think it's got a really bad title yeah especially because it's, it's like a, it's wrong. like a cheap tv show on sci-fi channel or something isn't it yeah, blade yeah. runner 2049 but they should have called Did it... jerry anderson make it I don't know, but like they should have done it real time from like 1982 to 2017. How long is that? Mental arithmetic. 35 years? No. Yeah. I mean, how? What year was the original setting? Uh, I can you remember? I think it was 2019. So if it's like 35 years, it should be. It should really be called. I, what is it? Twenty forty nine. So it should be so like twenty. It's twenty forty nine. So it's twenty. So twenty fifty. It should be twenty fifty two or something. Fifty fifty two. Right? Yeah, something yeah. Like that. So there, there you was, go. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mental arithmetic right now. Is obviously, terrible. yeah. But look, I mean, I'm not a mathematician. I'm a writer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't, don't do mathematics. It's Friday evening. We're, we both had a, a long week. So. If I could do mathematics, I'd be I'd be working on countdown. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, where where the fuck were we on that tangent? Um, we started on we went to Spider Man. Oh, yeah. So you were saying the, Runner, omen, then, the Omen, the Omen was your favorite. The Omen remake I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Omen was your favorite, did you enjoy these succession of sequels for that? Oh, you know what I did actually. I like the I like the second two. I mean the third one was going off a bit, but then it had Sam Neill in fact. Who, how can you not like a film with Sam Neill in it? Uh, yeah, I like the trilogy. I like the original trilogy. I thought it was pretty good. It was. They weren't. They weren't as good as the first one but i thought they'd done all right and it was entertaining enough yeah it's commercial horror you know there's room for commercial horror as long as it's made you know as long as it's decent enough yeah exactly so that was like back in the day what's been your favorite horror we'll say we'll give you five years the last i'll tell you what i'll, I'll go back to one that i saw um at the triple six we'll give them another shout out those boys because they're nice lads and you and chris baby triple uh, six yeah yo 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 um we got uh, they showed one called the forest of lost souls yeah which is a portuguese horror yeah that's really good that's a really good film and um hounds of love which is an australian film i think that's coming out in the uk soon that fucking that's a good film and that's that's hard going but that's a really good film so yeah the, the forest of lost souls and hounds of love two really really good movies great really good movies and for more mainstream stuff because we are actually in a very niche community because I've actually seen some absolute 
quality of the last two years since I started uh, reviewing. Because the funny thing was, Andy used to always send me at the start, he'd send me like a list of uh, movies. I'm yeah, sure he sent yeah. you the same. So I was like, hmm. And no one would ever pick the short film stuff. I was like, fuck it. Like, I'll, I'll pick those. He was like, you know, it's only a couple of minutes. It can't be that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The stuff I've seen has been absolutely fantastic. And it's just, I'm lucky enough that the profile on Twitter has grown enough that people would approach me. That's good, yeah. And say, here's my movie. Do you want to have a look? And I'm like, yes. As long as it's a short movie. Thank God. But recently, I've had a few people... And don't stop sending me things because I have a friend, Simon, in the background as well. He helps out. But sending me a load of books. And like okay. I, bar- I barely have time to read my own books. Like So when people <laughs> are sending me their newly released horror novels. And I'm actually recording as we speak tomorrow with a horror author. And I basically said that I wouldn't have time to record it or to read her book. So I said I'd have her on. So that's going to be the next episode, hopefully, if she doesn't cancel. So yeah. I won't. I won't I'm mention names talk, I'm trying to think of these features. A, a good feature that I've seen as well. What what um what stood out for you? Uh, nothing really in the last. Like I saw Get Out and all that, but I, I think the hype is a little bit too real on that. Mm. It's a bit like, oh yeah, black director did a horror movie and it grossed X amount of money. And it's like, yeah. who gives a fuck about the money these days? <laughs> like, yeah. seriously, everything you read on a movie is like, oh, this did X amount on the opening weekend. And it's like, that is no bearing on whether it's good or not. No, that's absolutely not, no. So, I don't know. Like, I saw Alien. Wasn't really impressed. Ridley Scott just needs to be put into a geriatric home. As far as mm. I'm concerned, uh, he's completely <laughs> lost the plot. He's just in it for the money at this stage. Like seriously, like it's madness, and he's just contradicting himself and tripping over. And it's like, you had a masterpiece with the original. Shut the fuck up and retire. You have enough money unless you've blown it all in the races. What are you doing? (laughs) We were quite happy not knowing where it all happened, where it all started, and where it came from. We didn't want to fucking know, man. Exactly. The the only thing you can say about Covenant is that it was better than Prometheus. Hmm. Although. Other people wouldn't agree. I don't know, did you listen to... We had the episode of The Stockroom where myself and Martin Adel-Smith and Andrew Campbell discussed Alien Covenant and dissected it, but we we didn't give it a good rating. Let's put it that way. No, I'm not surprised. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was terrible. I wasn't like... Um, I'd say ripping my hair out. I haven't got any to rip out, but if I had hair, I don't think I'd have been ripping it out of the film. I've seen far worse. It, it just wasn't great, and I think that the disappointing thing with... Prometheus and Covenant is that they don't live up to Alien or Aliens or any of the sequels. I mean, like the sequels were rubbish as well. Three wasn't very good, and, and Alien Resurrection is best forgotten, isn't it? Yes. Uh, we had two great Alien films, and they just kept going back and going back and just bodging it up every single time, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it is unfortunate that we live in the age of franchises because. Mm. Oh man, I'm blue in the face of even talking about it, but all these super movie heroes coming out, I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, give me a break. Can someone come up with an original concept? I know, like, pretty much storytelling is dead at this stage, but, like, there has to be some new angle or idea. Because I'm seeing a lot of good stuff, especially in the horror universe, like Korean movies, like The Train to Busan and The Wailing. Yeah, I like Train to Busan. That was a good film. It was so good. And then I'm just wondering, is that because it's a fresh take of a different culture where you're maybe not ingrained exactly with, with say, the superstitions or anything like that? Is it a case of, oh, yeah, they have like a new different angle because, you know, they have a different, you know, different ghost story or... Mm. A different take on witches or something and then it's like oh that's so fresh but then if you're in korea you're like ah oh, not the story again <laughs> my, my my gran used to fucking talk to me about that going to bed or whatever but... I th- there, there might be that kind of um that stuck up part of us that, like if it's got subtitles it must be good it's got subtitles it must you know like i don't understand the fucking word they're saying but it yeah but it's amazing 
It's I mean, even just look at it. It's so clever, so well made, and it's like you know, it's pretty. Koreans would probably think that that's shit. <laughs> yeah. shit but but and we're like, oh, it's amazing. Maybe we should just kind of double our movies into into a foreign language and put subtitles at the bottom, see if people appreciate them a little bit more. Uh, I, but no, you do get some good films. I mean, the thing it may or maybe we just get the best of what they produce. That could be what it is. I think the Japanese have made some great films, haven't they, over the years? Mm. Um, some great horror films and. Yeah, the Koreans have produced a few. Now, like you said, The Wailing. And not that I've seen it, but I've heard solid stuff on The Wailing. Uh, and Train to Busan, I, I, I'm sick of zombie movies. I think when you, I think you talked about this before, actually. I'm kind of sick of zombie movies. and But that was really, really entertaining. No, like, uh, my stupid little fucking pun was, it's breathing life into a dead genre. Very good. And... It's very good. How could I forget that, man? That should have been on the poster. <laughs> Maybe I might get on the Blu-ray fucking 10-year anniversary. Who knows? <laughs> Someone, some, uh, whatever the fucking Red Ray, whatever the fuck they come up with. Whatever the fucking hell it is, yeah, the Hollow Ray. <laughs> the synapse. Oh, I don't know. No, I'm losing track of my life here. Uh... <laughs> it's, getting, it's falling apart very quickly. I seem to have this effect on people. <laughs> Just Friday night down the pub banter. Which is great. I love it. It's, um, yeah, we're all kind of it's all kind of falling a little part. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, who fucking knows, man? I bought a Blu-ray years ago, and I was really pleased with my Blu-ray. Now I'm looking at it, thinking it's fucked. What's the point? What's the yeah, point of having it anymore? Digital download now, like there's no point having a disc. Yeah, it's no point. Yeah, just let we have little holograms. It'd be like Princess Leia in Star Wars, Obi Wan exactly. Kenobi. Yeah, are you looking forward to <laughs> Episode Eight coming out? I am. I, I, I. Hate the prequels, like everybody. I'm, I'm sure. But uh, and the Force Awakens, I think. The Force Awakens, I really. The Force Awakens is one of those films you really enjoy whilst you're watching it, and then when you walk away, you're like, "Hang on a minute, what the fuck? What?" So I, it's a good film, but I don't think it's it's a great film. I think they pretty much remade everything step for step from the original. There were some really stupid bits in it, but it's entertaining. And um, what's what's the last one they did? Red One was it? Rogue, Rogue one. one, yeah. Rogue One. I enjoyed Rogue One. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the next one, yeah. Yeah, it should be good. See what they do with it. Should Again, like you said, it's all franchise movies, but, uh, you know, if, if us if us silly fuckers keep going back to watch them, they're going to keep making them, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's the thing, because I always tell myself, especially with Alien now, it was like, oh, that wasn't that great. I'm going to have to watch the next one to make sure it's okay. <laughs> and that is where they know they have you by the bollocks. They're like, yes. We got the next <laughs> ticket sale going. The sequel's already greenlit. These motherfuckers know they're going to pay for it again. And I'm like, yep. Same as Star Wars. Like, that's money printing machine. They're gonna it make, is, totally. They're going to make their money back. I think they've probably already made it back. Was it $4 oh, billion man, they must have, back They must have done. They must have made it back on merchandise alone, surely. Oh, I mean, they made not... a fucking fortune. You've got to give Disney credit. They are very, very smart at marketing movies. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They really know what they're doing. They're one of the like top four media companies in the world. So yeah, they must be. They're very, right. they're very, very clever at what they do. Very, and now all the other studios are following suit because I think Disney um, didn't they? They develop a pattern where they was only releasing twelve movies a year instead of forty or fifty. I think they just started releasing tentpole movies. So every movie they released was a tentpole. Well, nearly every movie they released was a tentpole movie mm. or a franchise movie. Um, that's and then, every, going, and then like. well, everybody else is going that way because, and that's why, um, unfortunately, that's hitting the indie circuit then because less and less indie films have been given chances. I mean, Bloomhouse have kind of cornered the horror market now, haven't they? Uh, yeah. It's um, well, and unfortunately, you don't get much bad, else. Actually. Lionsgate are very good, actually. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. But you don't see as much of it really because it's all kind of getting dwarfed, isn't it? Yeah, but then you have the likes of the Asylum, which like they <laughs> they do all their stuff in house. They actually, yep. they don't take submissions because uh, I yeah. had a chat with the CEO there recently. Oh, cool. Enough, and uh, you can check that out after. It was actually oh, well, very yeah. insightful because he was just basically saying, yeah, we don't take outside submissions. I was asking, like, what's the the cycle of what gets greenlit, essentially? And he was like, yeah, we've only ever, like, thrown out two scripts. And they make stuff for buyers. They don't make it for an audience. Which is like a weird approach. Works for them though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. No, like it's it's a business. It's not for the arts, I suppose. But at the same time, it is because you wouldn't do yeah. it unless you actually enjoyed it. 
Yeah, but it's just yeah, it's cynical. It's, I I read somewhere that they they come up with movie titles and then they write the movie. Yeah, I think they come up with the title closer to release to tie in to current oh, okay. events. From like he didn't say that, but that's what I gather because Sharknado Four has the title. <laughs> uh, it's like Swarm Warning or something, and it was like, uh, make America bait again. <laughs> So I was like, yeah. But they do have a two-month turnaround, so they can be quite topical. They make a movie and get it in two months. Like You wouldn't even get that with a five-minute movie. It's incredible. The Sharknadoes. I mean, how did that become a phenomenon? No, it's like, it's so bad, it's good. Like, watch it with a few buddies. It's great. And Jedward. Jedward pop up in them. Do they? Have you ever seen a, have you ever seen a Sharknado movie? I've kind of been avoiding them because yeah, my no, free time is missing, precious. Yeah, no, you're really not missing anything. But I um, I watched, I was, th- I was flicking through one. I won't admit to saying the whole one. I didn't watch the whole. I think I watched two of them. But yeah, Jack, Jedward, cameo. Yeah. In, well, I don't know if it's in the last one or maybe in the last two, but Jedward. I mean, how the fuck did Jedward pop up in this? I'm shaming them out of Ireland. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's terrible. Well, fair Jedward. play. They've made like a fucking franchise out of themselves, Jedward. I they're, know. They're ridiculous. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. That and hair, nobody man. knows why. Nobody can work out how. Tony, is it because we're jealous of the hair? Is that it's, it? I, I, I think, Richard, there may be something in that. Yeah. <laughs> because they've got shitloads of it. They've got too much of it. It's not fair, is it? No, it's not. An, overabund- an overabundance, I think you could say, of hair. And the yeah. bastards just fucking flick it and curl it like, yeah, fuck you, Jedward, with your fucking hair. <laughs> Well, Tony, I would say that is a good time to wrap up. <laughs> giving out about Jedward. Oh, where, where can we find you online and where can we find Echoes of the Past? Echoes of the Past. You can find me on my website, which is tonysandsofficial.com because apparently there's some bastard in America. Sorry, Tony Sands. But there's some guy in America called Tony Sands who performs in Vegas. So I'm tonysandsofficial.com. You can find me there. I'm the talented one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not just not just fuck you, Jedward, fuck you, the other Tony Sands. And um we've got uh Echoes of the Past. If you just you can go onto my website, you can find it there. You can find some of my interviews there and the quiz shows, which is um what's the bloody question, which is we haven't really talked about. It's a brilliant quiz show, great horror quiz with Chris Niles and Katie Danbury as as um captains, brilliant show. Um we've got um so yeah, go to my website, you can find me on Twitter at Tony RDB. Tony Sands at Tony RDB, and I'm on Instagram, same same name, I think. You find me, I'll be there. Go to my website, all the links are there. And uh, yeah, just look look out for me because I'm a really Tony Sands official on Facebook as well. Uh, I'm everywhere, man. I'm everywhere. I'm like behind you. I'm the guy looking at you through the mirror, <laughs> saying my name three times. I'm popping up. I'm everywhere. Uh, but no, yeah, check, please check us out. Check out the trailer for Echoes of the Past because I think it's um, it's a good trailer. Super. And uh, look out for it at festivals. Hopefully it'll be everywhere. It'll be bugging you, haunting yeah. people. Excellent. So we'll have all that in the show notes. But Tony, thank you very much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed yourself and we had a little catch up. It's a bit uh, different for the audience anyway. It's a bit more candid. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, Richard, thanks very much. It's a real pleasure to actually chat to you properly. Um, dude you're a, you're a cool guy and uh, we, we've always we've been swapping messages for a long time so it's nice to chat properly i know it's all good so, yeah i know it's uh it's been fun the last two years uh we got a jam-packed hour in there now talking a little about echoes of the past and everything else that goes with it it's but, uh, it's been it's been profound i'm sure there are a lot lots of life life lessons that the listeners have, have taken from this um it's obviously been very intelligent by two Let's of course, face it. Of course. Two fucking good-looking guys. Ah, yeah. That's what it is. They no one can see our gorgeous no, faces, so they can only hear matter. the dulcet tones coming from our vocal cords. Beautiful voices, but they can tell how handsome we are just by our words. <laughs> Check it all out on Twitter, and uh, we get David Chaudoir to film an old movie with us. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, Tony. Best of luck now. Cheers, Richard. And everyone, that so concludes my chat with Tony. I had a good bit of fun recording there. Uh, it was very chill, as you can see. It wasn't as professional as my normal setup, but I found it entertaining. I'm sure you did too. And a 
apologies to David Shodwar and Scott Elias there. We we're only having a little bit of fun. I'll probably have you on at some stage, especially you, Scott, if you're listening, which I hope you are, because, uh, yeah, you were like nearly a punching bag there. So apologies, apologies. Now, for everything else, the usual, you can join the discussion on Twitter at The Fear Merchant. And for everything else, thefearmerchant.com. And if you've enjoyed the show, a review would be very much appreciated so itunes stitcher anywhere in between if you can just show your support because i know people out there are listening consistently now and that is great so every little helps and we'll build the nice marketplace that is the bazaar here for you so until next time be good stay out of trouble and i'll see you in two weeks come back at a time